call the police. But every time she broke up with her boyfriend, her performance would drop. It went for about two years, that particular relationship. And almost in a six weekly, eight weekly cycle, they would have a breakup for two or three weeks. I was a prisoner in my own salon. These are the reasons that people go bad. Have you ever had a team member break up with her boyfriend and suddenly her performance drops? Suddenly all her clients come back for redos, she shows up late, and it feels like she just doesn't want to be in the salon anymore. It's tough, right? Because they used to be a rock star and now they're just turned into this terrible bad apple. But you have the opportunity to turn the situation around and help her become a rock star again. Or it's time to say goodbye forever. So I want you to take a sneak peek into my latest live workshop that I had in the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners Facebook group where I shared the three reasons why potentially your awesome rock star can turn into a bad apple overnight and we talk through exactly what to do about it. This episode of the Salon Owners Collective podcast is brought to you by the Salon Mastery Program. Click apply now in the show notes to step into a bigger and better business with bigger and better dreams. Hey salon owners, as promised, I am here to run this workshop for you. So I'm super keen to know, are you ready? Today's workshop is all about how to know when is it time to say goodbye to one of your team members. And I really want to explore this topic because sometimes our best players, our best rock stars, even they can turn bad. Like I know sometimes if someone's not been performing that well since the time they arrived, we don't, we're not surprised when performance goes down, but we are surprised when our really great performance can suddenly turn bad. So I really want to talk about that in today's session. So I'm excited to bring this workshop to you. Today we are going to cover, is this goodbye? How do we know it's time to let somebody go? First of all, what are the three reasons that our good players turn bad? And I want to share with you exactly how do you fix it? When do we choose to say goodbye? And when do we choose to say goodbye forever? So if you've ever, ever had a really good player, someone who was like one of your favorite team members, performing really well, they were really great for a year or two, and then suddenly something happened. So I expect today we should, we'll probably just need 30 minutes or less, I'll try to be fast and succinct. Your time is precious. We're going to break down the three reasons why your team members can suddenly turn into bad apples. And you're going to gain a few strategies on how to address the problem once and for all. And my goal is that you feel confident when you walk away from the session, that you're confident talking to your bad apple, your team member, and you have a system to decide if it's time to let them go. So would that be a good outcome for today? Can you give me a thumbs up? And let me know, do you have someone who is a bad apple? Has been a good apple? Maybe turn bad? Give me a bit of a yes in the comments. And I also want to say, for those of you who were not here live, I can see we've got a, a lot of people on live, but if you're here later on the replay or you're in a different time zone, maybe you're in Iceland too, welcome. Welcome to the replay. We're going to have a good session. So great. We're going to talk about the three things. when. Rock stars go bad and what we need to do before we choose to say goodbye. That is the purpose of today. And let's just dive in. I think one super useful thing, if you're anything like me, I'm a salon owner. 
I still consider, I was a salon owner. I still consider myself a stylist. I don't do that many clients now. My mum, one of my really good friends, my kids, if they let me. And one thing I know to be true for a lot of people in this industry is we're highly kinesthetic. Yes, we're visual, but we're really kinesthetic. And that means that when we touch, we write and we do, we learn better. And this is true for me and um, I'm sure it's true for you. So what I have organized for you is a working guide so you can work with me and let's work through this together. So I'm going to post this in the group now, in the comments now for you to grab and work along with me where you can take some notes, take down the key points. I've got a lot of action steps and I want you to be able to grab them. So go ahead and click on that. When you click on that, it'll take you to Messenger and it'll deliver it to you. And you can use it, either use it on your phone and write directly over the top of it. You can also print it out any which way you like. Grab that now and let's get started, shall we? If you're anything like me, and you've experienced some really good people whose attitude almost overnight takes a dive. Maybe it looks like people sulking in the back room. Maybe there's a little bit of back chatting in the back room, back bitching, I hate saying that word, <laughs> but it starts to affect the team. Do you know one rotten apple can actually sour the whole team and like a cancer, it can spread and only takes one team members attitude to drop and if you're not across it it can spread to everybody and what happens I think attitude is the start and what can happen with bad attitude is it starts to affect performance performance dropping often looks like not missing not making targets anymore clients start to complain because the service the attention to detail was not followed through my favorite ever is when people aren't performing and then they still want to pay rise so if they're getting complaints there's lots of redos they're missing targets there's gaps in their appointment book client retention then it's a problem and I have a lot of stories and examples of good people going bad. I used to have a beautiful girl, super smart. She was not a bad person. She was actually an awesome person. She was on the creative team for L'Oreal and she won a lot of the creative awards. She was a smart cookie. But every time she broke up with her boyfriend, her performance would drop. Her would plummet. She would forget to ask people. She stopped upgrading. And they were an on-again, off-again relationship. It went for about two years, that particular relationship. And almost in a six-weekly, eight-weekly cycle, they would have a breakup for two or three weeks. And in that time, her performance plummeted. And so I have a lot of stories of exactly these. And I guess the thing I want you to remember is that they haven't turned into a bad person. Do you know, uh, but sometimes good people go bad and there is always a, re a reason. And I know for me, when those things were happening in the early days and I didn't have the skills to deal with it, I often felt like I was a prisoner in my own salon, walking around on eggshells, feeling like uh, I couldn't move without a sulk or a movement or get things wrong and culture just plummets. And it can affect our ability to believe, can that person become good again? Do you know, do we believe that they can pull their head in? Do we believe that they can write the performance? Do we believe in ourselves? Do we have the skills and the confidence to, to help? So that's what I want to talk about today. So really, if something has happened, there is always a reason. And so I want to encourage you, your role as the salon CEO is to be the investigator and find out exactly what is going on and what has changed 
uh, because there's always a reason. And I want to take you through those reasons now. And I think it's too easy for us to ignore it, hoping it will go away. Or worst of all, that we're blaming the other people. The, it's the team member's problem. It's her problem. He made the change. He used to be good and now he is different. And I think for us as the owner, we have to make a decision to make a change and a decision to do things differently and decide that we're going to give it a go to save them, to save her. I reckon about 85% of the cases when good performance goes bad or just generally there's not good performance because sometimes people arrive and they don't perform right from the get-go and you can see, I can see they're a nice person. There's something good in there or I saw something in them at the beginning. I reckon 85% of the time you can turn it around. You can save them. And if you can't, at least you know as the leader you've put your best foot forward. So I can see there's some people here I have not met before. So I want to say hey and I want a little I want to let you know who I am. Like who the heck am I anyway to speak about this? So I was a stylist, then a salon owner. I was six months out of my apprenticeship before I opened my salon and I owned that salon for exactly 20 years in about a month. So when I sold, I had 30 amazing, 27 to 30 amazing women that worked for me at that time. I worked in and on the business for 15 hours of the week and I sold that company. I worked for technology, booking software, marketing and building tech before I started Salon Owners Collective seven years ago. And in that time, I won the Global Salon Business Award three times. And I was very lucky to fly around the world to collect those award, uh, award London. And one I didn't get to go to because I was too pregnant, but never mind. So that's who I am. And, and Salon Owners Collective, we've been going seven years now. Oh, coming up eight years. And we are now a team of 11. I have six coaches. We've helped more than 600 salons. And our goal and purpose in life is to help you build a profitable salon that works without you. Now, some people want to work in their business and that is perfect, but it could work without you. It's not working because of you. And we want to help you grow to the million dollar mark, installing the right strategic systems in your business so you can have more freedom and more profit. Most people when they come to see me are not paying themselves. They are not profitable and their team are earning more than them and they're working the most hours. I remember being there too. I was there at one point. And I think they're the two most important commodities in this world is time and money. And a lot of people are scared to want, they want the time, but they're too scared to have the money. And I think you need both because if you've got all the time and no money to spend it, what can you do? You can sit around in your house or if you've got all the money, but you're so busy working and exhausted and overwhelmed, then what's the point of having the money? You've got no time to spend it. So you should be able to have both, a fair balance of both. And so our goal is to help you join the K Club. That means your business is in sales momentum, growing and moving forward. Number two, that you're a minimum earning 100K profit. This is not a charity. You shouldn't be working for free. And too many owners are working for free or paying themselves minimum wage, half of what they're paying their team. And then the third one is you should be able to work in your business, no, on your business more than you work in your business. I think that's really important. If you want to be in momentum and you want to be profitable and have a successful salon, if you are serving clients locked in the beauty room or behind the chair, who the heck is running the business? And this has become our mission uh, at Salon Owners Collective to help the industry elevate by providing an opportunity to have more freedom, more time and more profit. All right. Hey, if we haven't met, I thought that was an important to share. Let's get back to the three reasons our rock stars turn bad. And I want to talk about those three reasons now specifically, because I think they're really important to understanding the whole why 
especially when it comes to what we're going to do about it. So number one is that there's number one reason is there's often an outside influence. Now that outside influence or life happens can be many things. It can be the boyfriend that's sick of picking them up at eight o'clock on a Wednesday night or wishes his girlfriend was watching him play rugby on Saturday instead of working in the salon. And I tell the story because these are true incidences that have happened for me inside of my salon. People that are close to them have have a lot of influence over them and not everybody sees it from our industry point of view. I've had situations where girlfriends have not understood why their, you know, t- their friends are earning $25 an hour and they're earning $35 an hour, but they haven't realized or taken in, into consideration commission and that really they are earning $40 an hour and probably more than them. These types of outside conversations over a glass of wine can be detrimental and sometimes can irk if we don't have a strong culture. Life happens, do you know? People break up, there's death in the family, babies in travel, we can't help that, but those things can affect us and we need to be prepared or have a self-fulfilling business model that even when life happens, we're sustainable despite that. The other reason, most common reason, is a development plateau. What do I mean by that? That means either personal or professional development has plateaued for that person. And motivation can drop when your team members can't see their future. If there's not a clear picture, when people run out of future, they will always leave. People will leave you when they run out of future. And what happens before they leave, before they make the decision to leave, is that motivation drops and lethargy, I guess. Do you know, if you've got nothing to get up for out of bed, you stay in bed. You've got to have something to get up for, whether it's the morning coffee or the run or an event. I'm talking about the weekend. To get to work on time, it's enough to get you up. And it's the same for career development. If people can't see what their future is, they don't know what the step is, and they just see more columns booked forever in a day, um, it's a good reason for motivation to drop. And when motivation drops like that, then they're at the beginning of the pathway out. So we've got to catch it quickly. Another reason for developmental developmental plateau, I don't know why I can't say that, is a lack of feedback from leadership or lack of guidance. Am I doing okay? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Do you even see me? Do you actually care about me? Or it could be a skills mismatch from the team member's point of view. I don't know how to do it. I don't have the skill, even though you're expecting me to. And now I'm too embarrassed to tell you I don't know how to do it well, or I don't know why I'm doing it. It's usually a how, a why, and a belief. And I don't know why I'm doing it. Why is it important that I'm on time? Why is it important that I don't run late with my client? The why to the way that we do things always is an important piece. And if they don't understand that, they won't care. And then if they don't have the belief that's important, then you'll find that people will plateau, run out of motivation and apathy sets in. So if you feel like you're pushing your team uphill, you're pushing the upper boundaries, or if you find that people get to some good level of competence in your business and you're like, finally, they're working really well, and then they leave, then there could be some developmental issues in their business and you're not providing a a long enough or clear enough career pathway for them. And so they run out of roadway, basically. I'm keen to know, have you experienced this? What about this rings true for you? What resonates? I would love for you to pop it in the comments. Have you had somebody get really unmotivated that you thought had so much potential they lost motivation and then they left 
or maybe they've had an outside influence in their ear and you know that it's got to them and then they've left. I'd love to know. Give me a little bit of a thumbs up in your comment in the chat. I would love to know your experience. Otherwise, they're just my experience. Nancy says, everything you're saying is true. Yeah, exactly. Um, I experienced these in the early days of running my business. And um, now we work with a lot of owners going through this. So I know that I'm not alone when I experienced it. It's common. Yeah, okay. Yes, Nancy's had that happen. Okay, cool. Great. At least we're on the right path. I have an answer for you. <laughs> the third reason that good apples go bad is if there are changes in the workplace environment, especially a change in job or a change in responsibility or in a change in role, like I used to be a junior and now I'm a senior, or I used to be a senior and now I'm a master and I, the rules have changed, or now I'm the training manager, or now I'm team lead. Like when things change and it's unclear what the expectations are or there's inconsistent leadership, so they don't have a job description. And I'm going to say inconsistent leadership. And I'll tell you what I mean by that because I think it's really important because I know I've been here and I can fall victim to this. I think any leader can fall victim to this. And when I say inconsistent leadership, if you can imagine what is one thing that you get asked a lot and often but it's you. One of the ones I remember was, hi, Larissa, do you mind if I talk to you? And every time that happened, I'd be like, oh my God, she's going to leave. She's pregnant. Can I talk to you tomorrow? And then I'd panic for 24 hours that she needed to talk to me. And then I would talk to them and she'd say, oh, could, you know, could I have a pay rise? Could you pay me one extra dollar? And I'd be like, oh, for God's sake, you're not even making your target. <laughs> that, I wouldn't say that, by the way, that would always irk me, but it was regular. It was a common, common enough occurrence. And the challenge when you don't have a system around things like, do I get a pay rise? When do I pay someone? What is the next target? What is the future of your financial career here? When you don't have that, you have to make up a decision. You have to make up a decision in that moment. She's just asked you, what the heck do you say? Systems and processes shall set you free. And it will set you free from being an inconsistent leader. Because what would happen to me is depending on my relationship with that person, how I felt on that day, was I tired? Was I hungover? Did I like her? Was she already annoying to me? The team member would get a different answer because I had to make a decision in the moment and all of those emotions that were surrounded me would affect my answer. And so I was being inconsistent and probably without meaning to being nicer to this one. And this one was so annoying because she's always late. And so I wouldn't feel like giving her what maybe I would have given somebody else in the same situation. And so when we are inconsistent for our team, really demotivating for our people. And it's one of the reasons that people can lose motivation and apples go bad. So give me a thumbs up. Does that kind of make sense? Do you know? Like these are the reasons that people go bad. So if we can identify the reason, then what the heck do we do with that information? So are you ready? Would you like to know what is the first thing that we need to do? Nancy gives me a thumbs up. Thank you, Nancy. Love that. Give me a thumbs up if you want to know what's the very first thing that we should do. I've got three things for you. Okay. Amazing. Let's go. So number one, let's talk about showing our team the mirror. Most people don't realize that they have a problem. Not everybody is highly self-aware. And so first of all, they don't know that they have a problem or they know they have a problem. I'm breaking up with my husband. Jemima works next to me and she's too loud and blows the blow dryer on me all the time. They know they have a problem, but they don't always necessarily know that it's affecting 
their work, the team culture, or the whole salon. And so for you, it can feel really daunting to have a difficult conversation with someone about a sticky situation. But to be honest, they're going to appreciate it more than you realize because remember your role as the leader, as the salon CEO, is not to berate them for having bad behavior, but it's to become the investigator and discover what's going on for them. This is not about you in this moment or even your business. It's got to be about them. And the one way that we can do that is to show them the mirror and let them see, oh, one, you can see I have a problem. And two, it's affecting everybody. And so if you're armed with these three things, I'm going to tell you now, you can move towards supporting them, um, not only to become a happier person, but to become a positive influence in the business rather than a negative, rather than pulling away from the good culture they're actually contributing to. So I want you to note these down. I have pinned to the top of the comments how to get the action sheet because I want you to write these down and take notes with me as we go through them. And I'm trying maybe unsuccessfully to be faster than shorter. So I want you to note it down. So there, grab that there and I'll send it to you via messenger. All right, step number one is... Have you ever asked your team what they expect of you? Have you ever asked them what they expect of your business as an employer? Or have you ever asked them what they expect from their team? What are they actually expecting when they come to work every day? And trust me, these types of questions are not as scary as they might sound. And in fact, I think asking these questions can actually help you transform their mindset just to feel heard, to feel like you actually care so that they actually have a voice for them to consider it and recognize maybe I do have good things already just to become conscious of that question. And when you ask these types of questions and you're finding out how your team feels about the culture, this is a really good opportunity to get feedback about the environment that you're providing. And you may learn what's working and what isn't working and what they need from you to show up at their best. Um, because you can't build a winning culture if you don't actually know how your team feels. So I encourage you to, I did a podcast, I'm going to say four weeks ago on exactly this topic. And we did a bit of a workshop in this group. If you want to go and find it, I encourage you to grab that and do that exercise with your team. It's a game changer just by doing that. Number two, I'm going to encourage you to take her out for a coffee and show her what you've observed. This is show her the mirror, but I like the idea that you can go out of the salon and have a coffee and remember to talk about behavior, not the person. Your behavior, when you did the action, that wasn't great. Not you're a bad person for doing that. Okay, there's a subtle but really important difference. And sometimes it takes time, it takes a little bit of time to catch up with our team to work out what's happening for them. Is it her problem for it? Actually, is it actually a cultural problem? Is it something that we're doing in the salon and the culture that's actually affecting her? Because maybe you can make a change, but actually maybe it's her that needs to make a change. And this is how we decide, is it them or is it us? And if it is you're empowered to do something about it, those five questions will help. But if it's them, sometimes something truly is going on. I worked with a salon owner. She had a, a salon in North of New Zealand. She had about eight in her team. And one of the girls was a colour technician. She was didn't do any cutting. She was purely colour. And she primarily worked with the owner. And she, the owner would cut, she would colour, and they tagged team. Made massive amounts of money. It was really awesome. But overnight, she started missing. The foils weren't to the roots. She was getting a bit sloppy. She was running a bit slow, over-processing sometimes. And that kind of synergy that was really working just stopped. And so she, we were working together and she said, what 
what do I do with this girl? Like she was awesome and now she sucks and I'm doing redos and this is really hard work, yada, yada. Anyway, I encourage her to take her out for a coffee and just ask her. Like I noticed that you've become sloppy. Maybe you choose some nicer words. Turns out that she was actually being physically abused by her husband at home and why seemingly publicly they got on really nicely, the couple, but actually she finally was just so relieved somebody actually asked her and that she was actually being really hurt and so together they did something about it and eventually she broke up with the husband why wouldn't you but in any case she could help the human help that girl and it all saved she was saved simply by having a coffee and actually asking her all right number three is the hamburger method so when you go out and have that coffee and if it's not something really challenging like my last story and there really is some performance that you need to talk about then and you need to spell it out for somebody because sometimes you need to be really clear about clear and specific about the behavior that they're doing that's not working and the hamburger method means that the two buns are wrapping around the piece of meat now the meat obviously the truth the behavior where the challenges so when you do when you are foiling my clients and you don't go to the roots and it bleeds, that's being that's the challenging behavior. It's not you're a bad person because you foil bad. When you do this, you have to be very specific. So we want to, taking on feedback can sometimes be harsh for someone. So we want to hamburger it. And that means we want to say I, there's something really, the top hamburger is something really appreciative about the personality, the person. You're kind, you're generous, you're always great with the clients. When you foil, it bleeds. This is not good. Be very specific. And then we want to wrap up the hamburger. I really appreciate that you're like, you're one of the best foilers here. So personality, specific challenging behavior, competency and skill. So you want to appreciate skills, love the personality and wrap that around. And that's the best way that people can uh, receive feedback. Make sense? Are we all into hamburgers? Are we going to hamburger our people now? It's a really simple, easy method. And I like to make sure that we're touching on something personality. It's the person. Give that person some love. Be very specific about the behavior that you want and what you want them to change. And then come in with the skill. People like to be appreciated with skill. All right, follow through. The biggest mistake I made when I, in the early years of being a boss and trying to be a best boss was that I would think that I would have one coffee with someone and the problem was solved. I'd walk away and go, I did great. And that was the end. And then a month later, I'd be surprised that somebody was back to their old bad habits. To support our team, it needs to be more than just in the moment if we want to inspire permanent change. And if we want ongoing good performance, our team need continued support. Makes sense. When we've done step one, when I've identified the reasons. Step two, we've shown in the mirror. We've had the coffee. We've talked. We've done hamburgers. Then step three really demands that we follow up and follow through on the conversation. And we not only want to expect our team to make a positive change towards the awesome behavior, but we also need to follow up with them to make sure that we help them to their desired results. And this gives us the opportunity to find out, can we raise them up? Can we save them? Or is it time to say goodbye? All right. So we've had the hamburger coffee. I've had the coffee and the hamburger. And now we need to follow up. So I want to teach you the three times in your out method, because once we've set some clear, some kind of clear boundaries around the change of behavior that we need, I want to teach you the three steps. So step number one is we need to first be mum. We've had the coffee, we did the hamburger, and in about 
a day, a week, and not too far from the future, we want to check in with them. It's really important that we we log in our brain that we need to check in this, with this person. So number one, we want to be mum. What are mums? Mums love their children. They hug them. They ask, how are you today, dear? Don't be condescending. Be the mum. Have the heartbeat and check on them. Hey, last week we talked about your foils and why they were bleeding. Let's not use the beating husband example, shall we? I want you to check in on them. How's it going? How are your foils coming along? The conversation we talked about, a different skill that you're going to use. How did you get along and be the mum? Or you might that the foils were bleeding again and you want to be kind and caring. Be mum. Hey, Jemima, I noticed on Sarah, you did those foils the other day and you had a bit of bleeding again. What do you think happened? Ask, care, get in there and support them. Reshow them the skill. And then the next time that it happens and you notice that the foils are bleeding again, your goal is to be dad. Now, what does the 1950s dad, what does he do? He is firm, he is accountable, and he follows through. What does the, the 1950s housewife say? Just you wait till your dad gets home. So now your job is to go in and be dad. You need to be, dads are a bit firmer. So we need you to be a bit firm and say, hey, last week we had coffee and we talked about your foils. On Tuesday, you had some bleeding, but you've had three other clients that have had foil bleeding. What is going on? I really need you to be able to stop doing this. So we want a firmer voice. We want to hold them accountable. We want to be very specific about the action so you can help them move past what they're happening. Does that, uh, where they're at and what's happening. Does that make sense? Because we talked about this. Dad has a firm voice. <laughs> you don't have to be really dad. Just be firmer and strong, non-emotional. Uh, and then number three, if you're still having continued behavior that it's not acceptable, whatever that may be, it's time to call the police and the police takes them away to jail. So I love that analogy, mum, dad and the police. And if you get to the police stage and you've done all of the things, you've had the coffee, you've done the hamburger, you've been mum, you've been dad, and now it's, you know what, we need to get into warnings, formal warnings. And depending on where you are in the world and what state that you're in, that behaviour, that process is different, but now we're getting into a formal process and I think you should go and reach out to uh, an employment person who has some legal guidelines for you. But this is how you know, can we save them? Can we lift them up? Can we give them future? Can we show them the skill? And can we give them the why? Or is it time to say goodbye and start the legal, legal proceedings? So I'm super keen to know we've covered what the three reasons are. We've talked about how we show them the mirror and have the conversation. We've talked about how we're going to follow them up, mum, dad, and the police. I want to know from you. Which one was your biggest aha moment? Which one made sense to you? And that's the bit I've been missing this whole time. What one stood out for you? Where is the opportunity for you to improve as a leader? Super keen to know. Let me know in the comments. Which one is it for you? Because wherever you think you need to focus on, focus your attention to really become the best boss. That's where you need to start to think about what are the steps that I need to do differently to become a best boss. And if you're feeling stuck and you've got some work to do in terms of your leadership, because I think the message here is it's up to us to run the process for team members. We have the opportunity to save them. But if you're challenged with this or if this is not working for you, then you are always the bottleneck in your business. You are always the one that's holding it up because you fearful of having hard conversations you don't want to have the coffee you haven't used the hamburger method yet but now you know about mum dad and the police but it's tough going it alone like 
learning leadership and management skills can feel challenging when you're doing it alone. We didn't go, I don't know about you, but I didn't go to uh, business school before I opened my business. I was six months out of my apprenticeship and I just started. And so it's better to get help and do it with a human, do it together. I think there's three ways to get the support that you need. One is you need a peer, someone who's right next to you in the trenches, who's at the same stage of business that you're in, who you're doing it together, your peer. Being part of a network, that's being around people who are a step ahead of you so you know what is going to happen next. And then having a coach or a mentor, someone who has been where you are and has been where you want to go in the future. And I think that's really important because rather than winging it, you want to have a step-by-step -step plan, whether that's a step-by-step -step plan for leadership and management, growing your team, building out culture. It's important to have a pathway or I guess to speed up the learning process rather than doing it by trial and error. So if you don't know how and you need help with team leadership, managing personalities, communication strategies to have those difficult conversations and really build a winning culture. Because if you don't have a culture by intention, then you have a culture that someone other than you designs and installs in your business if you're not doing it intentionally yourself. So if you need help getting your a good team to perform well together, make their targets, serve your brand clients, show up on time, all of those things, then get some help. And at Sell or Mastery, we work with owners, usually from four team members plus, four or more for Sell or Mastery, four or below is the Momentum program. And so typically you're doing four, eight, or even more per week. Our goal is to help you get to the million dollar mark or whichever goal that you have, and to really step into your role as being a salon CEO. Our goal is to make sure that you have a successful and profitable business, not just a business, and one that works without you, or you get to work in it because you choose to work in it, not because you're propping it up and having to hold the sales. Our goal is to help you to fish, learn how to fish, learn how to do it for yourself. You can future-proof your business and that there is a business for your clients and your team to turn up to tomorrow. So if you're interested in getting some help, then either just comment in the comments, in the chat, and I shall reach out to you. Otherwise, I'm going to give you this link and my invitation to you is to book a call. We'll jump on a call. You can tell me about your salon, about your team. I want to learn about what's happening, where the challenges are, what your goals are. The goal number one of that call is what are the things that you need help with? Am I the right person to help? And if I'm the right person to help, then we can have a conversation about what that might look like. And otherwise, I'll point you in the right direction of where you can get the right help. So I'm going to put this into the chat chat and so I welcome you to do that. Meanwhile thanks uh, for joining me on this workshop this month. It's been a goodie. I know it's a challenge for a lot of owners and I'm glad that there were a few takeaways, a few thumbs up and a couple of hamburgers in the comments and hey I'll chat with you. I had so much fun hosting this live workshop and I just knew that I had to share it on the podcast as well. I know how challenging it could be when your rock star can turn into a bad apple seemingly overnight, but I hope these strategies give you some confidence to turn things around so you don't have to get to the point where you just have to say goodbye. And even if things don't get better and you do decide to say goodbye, at least you know that as their boss, as you trying to be a best boss, did everything that you could to try and bring them back to being a rock star. So, would love to hear your thoughts inside of the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners Facebook group, your key takeaways from this podcast, 
What are you going to do differently as a result? And don't forget, if you're a salon owner looking to grow your business, grow and even reach the million dollar mark or beyond, then I invite you to click the apply now button in the show notes of this episode. Let's jump on a call. Tell me about your salon. Tell me about the challenges and the goals that you have, the aspirations you have for business. Let's see if I'm the right person to help you achieve exactly that. All right, that's ciao from me. Same time, same place next week on the podcast. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.